I love the agent community and the partner community, the trusted advisors and their firms. They're out there trying to get things done every day. They're talking directly to the end user. They're trying to figure out what's working for their business. I have a lot of fun hearing directly from the partner community. Vendors are vendors. They're going to do what they're going to do. But if you listen to the, the partner community, those are great insights and understanding what they're up to. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Incident Report presented by Quest Technology Management. I'm Paul Burke, Director of Technology Communications. Every week, I'm joined by VP of Sales and Partnerships, Adam Burke. The Incident Report brings you conversations with thought leaders, business innovators, and channel mavericks to help you stay productive and agile in a changing technology landscape. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Incident Report. This is episode 60. I am half your host. My name is Paul Burke. Adam Burke sitting across from me. Adam, how are you doing today? Good, Paul. Excited to be here as always, wrapping up the second quarter of the year. That is 2023. Things are going well, kicking off summer, full swing, having a good day. Things are good. Like the weather in June around here, I'm based out of Sacramento, is been in the 80s. All of June has pretty much been the 80s. So it's been perfect summer weather for me, like less sweating, the better in my life. Paul, I'd love to say that I was experiencing the same, but I recently just got back from Orlando, Florida, where it was about 90 degrees with about 90% humidity. So mm. got to enjoy that sweet, sweet Florida summer weather. It's good times. I lost about eight pounds in water weight. That sounds like a nightmare. I mean, losing eight pounds, that's a that's exciting. Yeah, you gain you gain it all back with the food. Well, not for yeah. you. You don't you don't have eight pounds to lose. For me, losing eight pounds of water weight, I'd come back. I'd feel like a champion. Very svelte, yes. You know what I realized, Adam? We don't do enough of on this podcast. Here, listeners, let me let me open up. Let me reveal, pull back the curtain, share with you that we don't, as a couple podcast hosts, share what it is we do here. We just launch into stories, but I was thinking maybe for a second we can talk about like, hey, this is what the incident report is about. Let the people know, Paul. Let the people know. So the incident report, think of this as a, this is a buddy cop podcast where half your hosts, me, are pretty new to the force and don't know what's going on in the tech channel in the partner space. But Adam, he's a, he's a grizzled veteran. He's five days to retirement. And he's just taken me through it and like educating me on like, hey, here are things you need to know that are happening in the channel here's information about partners. It's educational for me, for you as a listener. And Adam just gets to share a lot of wisdom. And along that grizzled, you know, veteran uh, cop analogy, I recently turned 40 and let something sink in. Let something sink in. Danny Glover from the Lethal Weapon was only 41 years old when he cussed out Mel Gibson and said, I'm too old for this. Did you know that? He was only 41 years old when no. that line that really? line came out. Yes. So I don't know what the hell happened to him, but I am not too old for this. Shit. And I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you about the different things going on in the channel. You know, for, for all the complaints about food today and how it's very processed, I, I don't know, but if you look at pictures and I'm not the first to say this, a lot of people have said this. If you look at pictures of people who are like 40 now and 60 now versus 40 and 60, then the people 40 back in the day look like 60 and 70. I don't know. We complain a lot about our food and where it's coming from, but something something's going better. 
I think it's the smoking and drinking. I think the old inside, inside smoke, you know, secondhand smoke, kind of good old Marlboro man stuff. I think that that'll age you pretty quick. It, it wears, wears on the uh, old jeans there. Not good. Yeah. Good point. We are well off track already. Wildly off track. Uh, lethal weapon reference. I think I cussed at least twice already. This is good. Good opening. Okay. We'll get this back on track. We're jumping in channel e to e.com. All the links are in the description. If you want to follow along, you want to read the articles. Uh, they're great articles. Adam highlighted a couple today. I read them. I enjoyed them. And Adam will break them down a little bit more on channel E to E. How a layered security approach can minimize email threats. Adam, what drew you in about this article? We, we run incident response. We help organizations when they get into trouble. But we also run email security services, right? So we have new new clients coming in every day in some state of disarray or trouble or something like that. And more often than not, it happened from a person who clicked a link or downloaded a file or opened up an attachment or did any of the 27 different things you're not supposed to do when dealing with unknown email content. Hmm. It's usually, you know, we, we do personality training, we do education all the time, but more often than not, when new clients come to us in a state of disarray or trouble, it's because someone clicked the link, someone opened the PDF, someone, it usually came in through email. I'd say almost 60 to 70% of the time, we're pretty close with, with the metrics of, you know, general metrics you hear in the industry for threats. So you can continue to train your people, but people are going to make mistakes and emails and malicious content is going to get through. And we're seeing that all the time. We provide email security as a service, right? So we we don't we don't have anything proprietary, but what is proprietary is the ability to take the tools that are in the market and then appropriately set, manage, and adjust the filters and the skew and the the, the controls around what can and what can't come in, what you know, what gets flagged, why it gets flagged. There's a lot of ongoing intelligence that needs to happen to reduce things that could have access to your environment and could cause a negative impact. So we see it happen all the time. We're managing the outcome of it all the time. And we're constantly dealing with it ourselves for our clients, you know, and for ourselves internally, you know, sometimes you can crank those controls up a little too tight and you can miss some, you can miss some emails. I mean, everything is done over email these days. Everyone kind of, if email goes away, people just freeze. So, you know, it's, it's like it's like everything we talk about double-edged you know double-sided sword here it can it can cut both ways you can you know open the floodgates and let everything through or you can completely lock yourself down to where you're completely ineffective but what we found and what i agree with in this article is that layered approach of managing those controls proactively and then if you notice a trend or you're noticing it's hey those it's too constrained or hey no we've we've seen you know three or four systems get compromised because of xyz is getting through hey let's let's adjust that let's let's change how that's happening so mm. it's a it's a constant thing layer layered securities you know really your best bet and data from a 2022 open text report showed a 1100 percent increase in phishing in the first quarter of 2022 compared to 2021. So does that include emails as well as texting? Because you can get fished through texts. I mean, I that shows up in my text all the time, phishing texts. 
Yeah, yeah, you can. I think there's another marketing buzzword for texting. The same concept, but doing it via text. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that 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 happens all the time, and it's the same procedure. They're trying to get you to to open or or download some malicious code, mm-hmm. or or have you do something stupid like provide personal information, or you know, usually usually there's a sense of urgency or some fear that's associated with it. Like, hey, you've been compromised, and you need to give me your account information right now. Or the IRS is after you, so be sure to click here. Yeah, well, I I fell for one from my bank the other day. I got a text, and I should I should know better. Mm-hmm. I got a text, and I was on vacation, and I was ticked because it said, "Hey, your X Y Z account has been compromised. Please click this link to go." I didn't click the link, but I called my bank mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, I just got this notification on my text. I'm I'm in Florida right now. I'm not anywhere you know near where this transaction is taking place. What the heck is this about?" And uh, she's like, "Sir, that's a that's a that's a." fraudulent text i'm like oh you got a phishing email saying hey your email was compromised that's clever yeah your 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 email and your account information was compromised and they wanted me to they wanted me to take action over the phone on my mobile device and just yeah. click a link i didn't do that but i called the bank but i i called the bank kind of ticked off like how'd you guys get compromised again blah 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 blah, blah. like and they're like, no, sir, that's a, that's a fraudulent text. Like they're trying, because they're trying to use that fear of like, oh my God, my bank account's exposed. They're going to take all my money. And then you, you get that fear kind of, it that you get that flight, fight or flight kind of scenario going on. And you don't just, you know, detach from the situation and be like, hang on a second. Why would the bank text me this? And why would it have me execute this link? It's obviously, it was obviously a, a fish, right? It was obviously a, a fraudulent text, but you're on vacation, you're chasing kids around, making sure everyone's safe and, and stuff. And mm-hmm. then you get this text, you're like, oh crap. And then you, you can get taken advantage pretty quick. So did you shout into the phone at any point, do you know who I am? I did not drop the, do you know who I am? No, I've, I've learned that does not, that does not get the desired effect. Not a good move. Do you know who I am? Not a good move. Yeah. But I think yeah. you make a great point that it, it's trying to get you on such a visceral emotional level that you don't, it bypasses your logic because yeah. you're so annoyed or you're so fearful. I think that's a great point that this stuff is designed to grab you at the emotions and then you make choices that aren't logical. Yeah. We've, yeah, we've talked about, we've talked about Jocko before. I think we did a, a little book review on the dichotomy of leadership, you know, back in the day, we should, we should revisit the Jocko thing. We haven't talked about Jocko in a while, mm-hmm. but yeah, he, he often talks about, you know, detaching from a situation as opposed to like, sometimes you're like right in the middle of it and you can't really see, you know, what's going on. So if you kind of detach and step back from that direct interaction, that direct immediate response, you can, you can see things a little bit clearer. I I definitely blew it on that one. I didn't blow it and I didn't click the link, but I didn't see it until it was, until it was kind of spelled out directly in front of me. Like, Hey man, that was fraud. Somewhere Jocko's just crossing his arms and shaking his head. And saying, no, no, Adam, it's expecting just, better. Yes, you know. Good. So good. I'll I'll throw this out, Adam. What if we did a Jocko book club every week? We read another chapter and we discuss it. I love it. Yeah, That's great. Yeah, we could do. We got leadership and tactics. We got dichotomy of leadership. You got uh, extreme ownership. You got all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Okay. What are you feeling? Where should we go? Like, what should we start with? 
I'll start. We'll start with leadership and tactics. I got okay. I got a couple copies of that. I'll I'll send you one. We'll get to work on leadership and tactics as it applies to cybersecurity and IT. Great. So hey, out there, grab a copy and uh, follow along. We'll do a little book club, a little Jocko book club. Love it. Love it. Next article is Faces of the Partner, Five Technology Advisor Firms Scaling and Pivoting. This is on channelfutures.com. A lot of great information here. A lot of great, I well, from my perspective, I thought a lot of great revelations from the people they were interviewing. What did you think? I love the agent community and the partner community, the trust advisors and, and their firms. They're, they're out there trying to get things done every day. They're talking directly to the end user. They're trying to figure out what's working for their business. I have, a, I have a lot of fun hearing directly from the partner community. Vendors are vendors. They're going to do what they're going to do. But if you listen to the, the partner community, those are great insights and understanding what they're up to. I enjoyed the interviews. I felt the agents really opened up and answered some important questions about the channel and technology service distributors. So for instance, technology advisor Jolene Langford was asked, what's one thing you need from your TSD partners or wished that they knew? And I thought she was really candid. And she said, I miss the days when partners and agents were the primary focus of TSDs. Now it seems like the TSDs spend more time and energy making the suppliers happy but it is the consultant's work that brings in the customers. Well, I think I think you got. I think TSDs and suppliers need to pay close attention to this kind of language and to these kind of responses because bad news travels very, very quickly in mm. the channel. And agents and consultants and people, you don't get a lot of second chances with organizations. I was reading and saw. Jolene's response to this, for example, for some of the technology service for some of the TSDs, like making suppliers happy versus agents. You know, I'm not sure why exactly, you know, she would feel that way. I'd love to kind of dig into that a little bit more and get some, get some candid feedback. That's a real concern. Sometimes could be a pay to play kind of mentality with some distributors, right? A lot of these distributors have been acquiring smaller distributors. They have the largest pool of agents and the agents to Jolene's point are the ones who bring in the customers. Mm -hmm. So you either control the customer relationship or you control the sellers and the technology service brokers. They recruit new suppliers. They recruit new investment by, you know, part of their value is how many agents they have in their pool. And what we've seen with a lot of the consolidation is there's only so many large scale national technology service distributors these days, you know, master agents, right? You know, where they're making their money could be shifting a little bit. They could mm -hmm. be kind of transitioning their business model a little bit to get, get a little bit more from the suppliers to get access to the agents. And that could be frustrating to, you know, someone like Jolene, who, you know, is directly involved with the day-to-day -day relationship with her end users and trying to get the most out of, 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 you know, the suppliers to help her customers, which could be that. I could be putting a lot of words in her mouth. So, but it was a good, it's interesting feedback. And I think people need to pay attention to it. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting, uh, Richard Rodriguez, who's out of Houston, Texas, he he mentioned portals. And I was curious because I, I know Quest, we've been improving our portal and, and working on a lot of that. So this kind of this kind of hit in a different way. What did you think he was mentioning that one thing that TSDs and vendor partners they need to work on and they wish that they knew is that he, he thinks the portals are really important to kind of share information? Yeah, you know, we we had uh, every quarter we do, and we've been doing this for a little over a year now, and it continues to grow, which is great. We do a quarterly 
review with our partners where we call it our partner forum. We have our channel leadership and everybody on the call and we kind of tell people, hey, here's what's happening next. Tell us about your business. Tell us what's new with you. We kind of have a dialogue. One of the biggest things we got our requests were last last month was this idea of, you know, accessible training material about different service offerings available on the portal. So, you know, we, you know, you and I worked on a couple small videos about different service offerings. And that was that was really well received from the partner community. They love those. And having those easily accessible assets uh, in a portal has been helpful. But mm-hmm. portals can be kind of a nightmare too, as far as, you know, access, logging in, getting getting the materials, registering leads, all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, they're they're good, but at the same time they could be a, a bit of a challenge too. Yeah. Anything else in the article that you thought, hey, want to draw some attention to? I've seen a trend. A lot of people are investing in additional, you know, consultants and resources on the pre-sales standpoint. So mm-hmm. something that we're leaning into as well, helping helping clients understand, you know, the opportunity. Things are getting more and more complex. And I think in the aging community, the master agents and those folks are trying to bring more resources at the front end to help understand what the whole scope of an opportunity is. There's not a lot of like single point solutions these days. There are, of course. I mean, you can sell just one widget if you want to and and be really, really good at that one widget. But oftentimes that widget connects to 20 other different things, right? So Mm -hmm. you might have a CRM, but you also need to have that integrated with your call center application. You also have to have that integrated with your collaboration suite or with teams or with your Microsoft environment, or there's a ton of different things that are getting tied together. So, you know, hearing the partners say that they're investing more in understanding that conceptually mm-hmm. and then leaning into experts who, who, who can help them, you know, navigate those conversations was, was cool to see, was cool to see as well. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming years. So Adam, I was thinking about this. You we're nice enough to tell everybody about a Jocko book, and we're going to be doing a book club on that. I want to share something that I, I think you should experience. Have you seen Extraction 2? I have not seen Extraction 2. I have not. It is worth your time. It is a great show to watch while working out. Time flies by. Nice. All right. Well, I'll, I'll check it out. I, I, I'll put that on the docket for the next treadmill session. That sounds good. So what are you looking forward to? What's coming up this week for you? I'm looking forward to 4th of July. Always great yeah. to transition to the 4th of July holiday week next week. Pretty excited about that. That's about it. Just looking forward to closing up Q2. Get the second quarter of the year out of the way. It's all downhill till Christmas. There you go. And if you ever need to reach out, you have questions, you can reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to help. Our website is questsys.com. Adam, thanks again for joining us today. Everybody out there, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week for the Incident Report. Thanks, Paul. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. The Incident Report is brought to you by Quest Technology Management. With over 40 years of experience, Quest is a leading technology integrator working seamlessly with your staff and systems to achieve your IT goals. Learn more about everything they do at questsys.com. And if you have questions or suggestions for the podcast, you can always email Adam and myself at theincidentreport at We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time.